You're listening to Two Dudes, One Disc. We're the most sought-after music journalists, the greatest minds in the history of... You really gonna make me read this sh- Just read it! <sighs> Take on the most influential albums of all time. Here's your host, Michael Heideman, on Two Dudes, One Disc. All you music theater fans, get ready. Welcome in to a jam-packed episode of Two Dudes, One Disc. Today we take on the masterful musical theater piece with Newsmaker, the journalist with the mostest, WGN's Kim Gordon. Woohoo! What's going on, Kim? Nothing. Excited for a little excitement. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so honored that you picked me because I am not... Really, a music aficionado like a lot of the people around here, but you know, growing up, I do love a good Broadway show and a good musical and a good Disney tune. So, this to me is like taking me back to my teenage years. And that album that she's talking about is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the 1975 musical journey of Dr. Frankenfurter, is it? I believe so. <laughs> and it's so awesome because we've been doing this podcast for for about a year now consistently and no one has gone the musical theater route yet. I mean, That's the only there... route I would take because I'm just not <laughs> versed enough in regular music unless you, you know, talk to me about Billy Joel. Well, there's, oh yeah, Billy Joel, but if you think about it, a lot of the bands and stuff that we listen to are very theatrical themselves, but this is actually a theater version of music. I mean, and and to be honest, this album struck me so so strongly because a lot of these songs became famous, famous rock songs like throughout the years. Well, it's true. And the, and the thing is about, you know, Rocky Horror, it stands the test of time because now if you look at musical theater so many plays now are based around music mm-hmm. you know like the songs you know um mama mia based around the yeah. songs of abba and just you know now even so many movies are converted to broadway shows like the lion king mm-hmm. and aladdin and mean girls so this is really you know before it's time a little bit yeah well so let's get into it why why rocky horror picture show out of all the albums in the world what made this album stick out because i i asked you when you're and you were like oh think about one two three seconds later you're like rocky horror picture show let's do this album. yeah well this is my teenage this is for me was my teenage summers because i went to camp summer mm-hmm. camp for eight weeks mm-hmm. and this would be blasting <laughs> In the girls' cabins, okay. on our cassette tapes, sometimes, you know, eight tracks. You brought the little boom box with you. Wow. And Takes up a lot of space in the luggage. All of my friends were, a, a good majority of my friends were from Chicago. And I had, you know, this girl from Louisville, Kentucky, I hadn't even heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And so they introduced me to Rocky Horror. And then as I got a little older, I would go to the midnight shows, you know, a couple times. Really? And, oh, Yeah. Oh my god! So, so when you were introduced to Rocky Horror Picture Show, were you introduced to the album first, or did you see the movie first? Album first. Oh. We would sing it all through camp. You know, yeah. everybody would play the songs, and then when I, you know, everybody said it was a movie, but I hadn't seen or heard of it. And then when it came to Louisville, you know, I was like, oh my god, this is great! I have to go see this. <laughs> came to Louisville. Yeah. Did you get movies late or something? Well, I guess we did. I don't know. Or my parents didn't tell me about it. You know, I was like twelve years old at the time. 
I guess yeah, I guess you're right. So when when you were listening to the album though, this is so funny to me. What were you what was going through your head at the time? What did you think these characters were like when they were singing? I had no music? idea. I just loved the music. <laughs> you know, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. And the music is really awesome because it is in deep 70s. I mean, we're talking disco is taking over. There's like Led Zeppelin's playing and then all of a sudden this really weird rock and roll theater performance of Rocky Horror is just taking the world over by storm and I was kind of the same way as you I didn't know what to expect because I heard the album first as well then like when VH1 was just getting started they would play this on repeat like it was just when the channel was just getting started in the 90s they'd just say what do we have we have some content that we need to fill Rocky Horror Picture Show on repeat for six hours and that's how I got introduced to it and and I'm telling you at the time I'm sure I did not understand what the lyrics were really all about oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) for sure so this first song uh, was a science fiction double feature picture show obviously you heard it and it, it leads into the um, the the performance and the movie and it's cool because when you go to the theater they do often do overtures and they're you know every single song meshed together in an orchestral way but this one just dives right into it's gonna get weird we have weird lyrics right from the start they mention um, who like Gordon Lightfoot or something like that I think I don't know it's been so long Some... since I'm gonna be excited to see <laughs> what I remember and what I don't yeah so but I was saying like the way that they 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 take you through the story just like you, you would in a, in a play. Because that's what it is. Right. We're and then look to at Susan Sarandon. I know. So this let's get to the next song. Damn it, Janet. So please don't tell me to can it. Janet. I've been to say <laughs> and that's damn it, Janet. Who is is that a Baldwin who is the I don't know. The main guy? I can't remember. No, no, no. It's um I know who it is. It's another it's a different guy. Uh, it's Barry Boswick. Oh, Barry Boswick. Mm-hmm. What else was he in? Uh, I think he was in. He was he was a big 1980s actor, I believe, too. And this was one of his first films, I think. And, and obviously, Susan Sarandon. I know. I almost forgot that she was in it. Yeah. Because she's such a big star now, and you don't think about her humble beginnings at, in this weird, quirky uh, theater performance <laughs> or movie. And this is a great song. See, a, a little peek behind the scenes here at Two Dudes, One Disc. We get to watch the music videos that are often more fun than All right, why is it, it Two Dudes? It should be, today, it should be One Dude, One Dame. I like that. Two Dudes, One Dame. <laughs> okay. One, one Dude, dude one, one Dame. Yeah. One Dude, One Dame. Well, I was, uh, the reason I changed it, because uh, the, the first inception of the podcast was called Two Guys, One Album. Okay. And then I was like, uh, to make you more inclusive, I thought Dudes kind of expanded everybody. Right. And it rhymed with, and it's, it had well, disc. I, all right, I'll you know. go with Dudes, Disc. All right. <laughs> I know, I like Dame. I'll go one with Dame. One Dame, One Disc. No, oh, shoot, now I'm calling myself a Dame. I'm all lost here. But it doesn't matter, especially when you're walk, watching Rocky Horror. You find out it really doesn't matter what gender you are. It, that's a good. Oh, uh-huh. See what you see. That's there why you're you the news. The there news you anchor. go. Um, what is your official title, by the way, here at WGN? I am anchor, afternoon anchor, reporter, a- afternoon anchor slash reporter. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought you were the the news uh, liaison head. Um, you know, uh, king of the news. Oh, I wish I was, but no. <laughs> Well, this is awesome. When John Williams becomes 
king, I'll be princess because the queen news queen was will always be Judy Pilak. That's so right. I can never take that role or that title, but no, Judy. news princess will be okay. Yes. So diving back into this song, uh, you mentioned the fact that gender roles don't really play a part in, in this film, and that's true. I mean, now today, 2019, we've gone through many inceptions of it. You know, there's it's a, it's kind of a, a conflict and a controversy surrounding um, laws and stuff. But man. If there was a movie that just waved the flag of just, you know, inclusiveness and, and be, just being be who yourself, you are no yes. matter what. Yeah, being who you are no matter what. It was a Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Absolutely. Gosh, dang it. That first that's the first song in the movie and it's so catchy and just so weird because it's you go, damn it, Janet, you know, perfect wordplay. And then tying in with that Janet. Like that weird kind of, um, uh, what is it? Because he looks so nerdy, kind of you yeah. know, you don't expect him. And it's about them going to the chapel and getting right. married. Let's dive it in the next song, Over at Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's Place. It's funny because I have seen this movie countless times. Oh, Yes. But I was gonna. I was worried that I'd miss a few of these songs, and it's cool to go through the full album. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show again. Like I said, 1975 music horror comedy film, produced by Fox. Um, it's actually based on the 1973 stage production of the Rocky Horror Show, uh, which was written by what's his face, Richard O'Brien, that guy. Did you Did you know Richard O'Brien? Did you no. have any interest in? Uh, Maybe if you tell me who he is. <sighs> I never know names when it comes to music, and then people say, oh, you know, he did blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I I love it. I loved him in that. (laughs) Um, This is so cool, this album, because now listening to it, as opposed to just watching the movie when everything is so seamless, you can see the influence it it makes from going through uh, with um, Grease. A lot of Grease tendencies go into this with a lot of these flowy kind of verses and Harmonies that you didn't really find in the 1960s or, or pretense when all you had to go, you'd go to the theater and see Kiss Me Kate or Carousel. Right. And then that was all you got. And this really turned the page as far as that goes. This one, is this one of your favorite musicals, by the way? Are you into musicals? Oh, I love musicals. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I'm actually, I love old school musicals. Mm-hmm. I like new musicals. I'm actually going to New York soon and I'm wow. going to see Oklahoma. You're going so, to see Oklahoma. Yes. So, because I haven't actually, I love the music, mm-hmm. and we used to do um, plays at camp, so we did Oklahoma, but I've never actually seen the real Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. So, I'm excited to see What it. camp was this that you were at? What was I it called? I went to Camp Ramon, Conover, Wisconsin. Okay. And it's a, it's a Jewish camp, so we would do theater, and we would do the plays in Hebrew. So Really? Yeah. It was very cool. Oklahoma and Hebrew, Oklahoma huh? and Hebrew, Mary Poppins, Wizard of Oz. So I mean, they do. They still continue to do it. It's, same concept, but just in a different, um, just different language. language. Yeah. Wow. It's very cool. Do you speak Hebrew fluently? No. <laughs> I learned. I mean, I a little, but you know, the big parts always went to the kids who spoke fluent Hebrew, or their parents were Israeli, or they lived in Israel part of the time. Because some of us American Ringers. kids, yeah, exactly. Ringers. We needed them. Fair. We needed them. <laughs> 
I was fine to be in the chorus. So you were were you always in the chorus? Did you have a big role? Like, what was your moment to shine oh, at no, this I was camp? A, I was always a chorus girl. How often did you go to this camp? Every year? Every year for six summers. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, being at summer, summer camp was actually a really big part of my life, too, because I grew up in theater. I went to something called CYT, which is Christian Youth Theater. Uh, we did all of our plays in Christian. <laughs> do you speak Christian? I do speak Christian. <laughs> um, but, I, but it was it was so important growing up and getting involved with theater because, you know, you're a kid and you're like, I have all this energy and this weird, these weird tendencies. Where do I put this all? And they're like, just go on the stage and act like a fool. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm down. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. And there was always a spot for everybody. Not mm-hmm. everybody, you know, wanted to be in the spotlight. So you could do tech or you could work the, you know, work Makeup. props or, you know, costumes. Yeah. There was lots of things everybody could do. Did you always see yourself on the stage or did you try to do some of that? Um, I tried to do some lighting one summer because I thought it was too cool to be on stage. But, um, you know. Well, you wanted to wear all black. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they had this big light tower you could climb up. So I mm-hmm. just thought that would be really cool to be at the top of that light tower. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was your but, big part of the summer. You're like, mom and daddy will never yeah, guess what I I've did. been in the light tower. Climb the light tower. <laughs> <laughs> so you you went there for all these years. Um, yeah. Do you remember like your favorite play that you did when you were, when you were at oh, this camp? What is it called again? Camp Ramop. Ramop. Um, my favorite one mm-hmm. was South Pacific. Oh. Because we had this really crazy... Um, fun guy and he like came out in the coconut bra and the Hawaiian (laughs) skirt and the whole Mm -hmm. thing and it's just it it was great it was really fun because you worked really hard on these plays you had eight you know basically you were at camp for eight weeks Mm -hmm. but they did each different age group did a play Mm -hmm. so if you were at the beginning you basically maybe had two weeks to put this thing together because they would start the plays maybe two to three weeks into camp and then play them so sometimes you know it was it was a lot of work. How are you supposed to put guys and dolls on in two weeks? They did do guys and dolls. Well, uh, th- th- I think that there's a few that every school, I think, is required to do by yeah, law. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and guys and dolls, was one of, that was actually my big moment in uh, at in theater during high school. But let's get into the next song before right, we dive in. Right. And a very fittingly sweet transvestite. Um, so they're, again, in this point of the play... They're, or in the movie, they are just getting into the house. They see this. They see everybody in these colorful costumes, all passed out, obviously from a party or some something. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. And of course, we're talking about Janet. You know, and the the fun thing about Rocky Horror is that all the people that came to the movie dressed up, and all the props that people brought, you know, to throw at the screen. And yeah, so how many? Do you remember that? You know, I've never been to a midnight screening. I've heard about them since I was at least five years old. So what what's that like? What's the experience of going? Oh, it's just so cool. I mean, people are dressed up as all the characters and you know I remember like standing in line waiting to get in at midnight Mm -hmm. and I remember you brought like burnt toast to throw like during a toast and Uh, trying to remember mm -hmm. the other things that there's a lot of other things that people brought but I can't remember the burnt toast I remember right off the bat, but I don't remember some of the other stuff that everybody brought to throw. Were you wearing like fishnet uh, stockings and doing like the makeup and the hair and I everything? Di- I didn't the first couple times I went because mm-hmm. I just didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. But I'm still in like lighting mode. You're yeah, just like I'm gonna climb and be. Yeah, cool I'm just gonna go up. observe this. <laughs> and then what? When when you finally got into it? Yeah, we dressed up a little, but nothing compared to some other people who were oh. really into it. 
Some people really get into it, and that's I love more than anything. It's just how awesome is just fanfare for in, in any case. Yeah. Like whether you're into this movie or you're you're into you know the the Cubs or the Sox. I mean, just going and supporting something is is such a wonderful thing. And this is just a fun night. So how many years have you gone to the uh, the midnight showings? Oh, uh, well, I went. You know, I went quite a bit all through high school. I haven't mm-hmm. been since. It's been a while, but I'm sure they still have them. Oh yeah, still to this day, I did a little research, and they're they're going strong all over the country. In fact, I think they probably do one at the Music Box too here in Chicago. Oh really? Year, I think I should do that for so, one of my neighborhood news. Let people yeah. know when it is. I'm going to look it up. So you you grew up like kind of doing theater and everything. What did you? When did you want to get into like news? And when did that transition make? You know, take I was shape? always a news junkie. I always love being informed and knowing what news was about. I thought it was a good writer and. Um, I didn't actually get into the news business until my early 30s. Mm-hmm. I kind of did things the opposite of a lot of people because I have a marketing degree, actually. Wow. Um, and I got married and stayed home with my kids for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when my youngest was ready to go to school, I'm like, eh, it's time for me to do something. Yeah. So I thought I was a good good writer. My brother worked in radio at the time. And um, I asked him if I could maybe talk to the news director because I wanted to learn the business and see what it was all about and see if there's inter- anything interesting, you know, if there was a role for somebody to learn the business. Yeah. So I interned at WHAS Radio in Louisville for two years mm-hmm. and learned the business from the bottom up. And now 20 plus years later, here I am. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but that's cool because you, you saw you had a dream and you you thought, well, you know what? I might as well just try it. Right. And, and it's never going to lose. You know, and just because you're in your early 30s or even, you know, older doesn't mm-hmm. mean you still can't have dreams and they can come true. You exactly. know, you don't have to go to school for exactly. Sometimes people make changes in life and that's great. And it's OK. Mm-hmm. That's it. Follow it, your dream. Oh, my gosh. It's that is exactly the case in a lot of people's lives where they think, well, I can't do that because that's that's what Kim does or that's the dream that Kim wanted to follow. I could never do that because I'm not Kim or I'm not this person. There is no rules in life. Like there is no time limit. There's no anything. You could you could get into radio when you're 60 years old if you wanted Absolutely. to. I mean, you got to work on your voice a little bit and you got to, you know, get your get your act together a tad, but you can do whatever you want. I mean, I was the same way when I got into radio. I was going to school to become a teacher and then I wanted to get into radio. That was always my dream was to I wanted to get into media somehow, you know, and I lived in Utah at the time and I was going to school, finishing school out there. And I thought, how the heck am I going to get into NPR or a radio station? I know no one from radio. I don't even know how where they exist. And I just applied to every single job that I could. And then it wasn't until I was working at a bank for a year at Citibank, um, shout out Citibank as a, as a banker and a teller, that I was like, you know what? This job is not my path. And it took like the year to be bored to really dive into um, radio. And then WGN's Kristen Decker interviewed me and gave me a job as an intern at, at the station, which is pretty I awesome. I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> How many years ago has that been? That was like six years. It's going on like six and a half. Yeah. Jeez, man, I'm so old. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Talk about old. I've been here over 13 years now. Wow. So Many, many transitions. Yeah, a lot of transitions and... So are, yeah. they, are the transitions much like the sweet transvestite from transsexuals? Yeah, a little bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to the next song, The Time Warp, which by this far... This is the famous one. Everybody loves it. Like 
Oh, man. <laughs> you know, everybody in the movie theater would be dancing right now, for sure. Oh, yeah. That, and the thing is, this is so funny because in the 1970s, knowing and, like, putting out a dance, like a set dance, was the thing. And this was such a fun day. I don't, I don't really know how to do the time warp. Do you know how to do the time warp? No. I don't. But I bet we could Google it and learn it in a second. <laughs> That's the good thing. It was probably a little bit harder in the back in the day when they didn't have Google. You just have to watch the movie on repeat, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is the uh, ever the song that I think everyone is introduced to this movie about. But look how cheesy and fun that is. Yeah. You know. Oh, here they go. They're teaching it. We can just do it right now. <laughs> it's funny because. It's a, it's a professor yeah. telling you how to do the time warp. <laughs> it's great. Dancing. Do the time warp again. I remember just watching this as a kid and being so enthralled by it because th- nobody's on time with the dancing. The dancing is a no, little bit No, you can off. see how, you know, <laughs> B-movie, C-movie mm-hmm. it is, but it just that makes it even funnier, you know? You know, it, it's funny because... I, I, on a constant rotation, these movies were going on. It was Grease. It was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Do you remember when Johnny Depp was in Cry Baby? No, that movie? I don't remember that one. He had like the long greaser hair to the side, and it was a musical as well. Very B movies were the thing at this time. John yeah. Waters was taking a taking a foot, and and I don't know. What, so what, when you first saw the movie, who'd you go with? Oh, I went with my friends. Your friends, just yeah. Girlfriends. So you saw, you finally got to see the movie that you've been singing the songs through the entire time. When you walked out of those doors, were you like, we were like, what the hell? Oh my God, this is amazing. We were all so pumped and excited. But it's really funny because, you know, I was introduced to it with all my camp friends, but I don't think I ever saw it with my camp friends. I saw it with my, you know, friends who I grew up with at home. Oh man. Yeah, well, I don't think we ever saw Rocky Horror. Well, you, there's still time, like we just I said. I know, I have Shikalem. Do, do you still stay in touch with your friends? I do, I do. I have a lot of friends I stay in touch with. Um, And then, and, and do you guys like meet up, and maybe do the time yeah, warp we together? Do, yeah, we do the time warp okay, that's, that's and um, like a, throw a toast thing. at each other. <laughs> and <laughs> No. Who's, who's your best friend from that camp? Oh, wow. Like, was there a person that was like, Kim? Uh, welcome to camp. It's great to see you again this year. I need to show you this CD. You'll, you'll I don't never remember that, but <laughs> everybody just kind of jammed. You know, we just, everybody played. Uh, Rocky Horror was big. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel was big. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was really big back in the 70s that we liked? Um, trying to think. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. A lot oh. of Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. playing. Um. Was that so? If you were going to go back and look at, um, you know, the albums that you kind of grew up with uh, for this podcast, it was Rocky Horror, Simon Gar- Garfunkel, like Billy Joel, are yeah, those, Elton John. Those are the kind of guys that you, like. Most of them are very theatrical. Yeah, yeah. Did you weren't into like the hard rockers, like Motorhead or anything? No, I wasn't into hard rock, but okay. I did love Seasons in the Sun. Oh, I, Three Dog Night, love that song. Oh man, um, joy we had fun. Yeah, we had, we had seasons, seasons in the, the sun. sun. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was pretty much into like, just pop rock. Or, mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't really a metalhead. Or has it stayed consistently through your whole life? You kind of like the same kind of stuff. Do you ever go back and listen to some new music? Um, I've turned very country in my old age. Oh, okay. I That's love country music. But I grew up in Kentucky, so I always, 
you know, I did love like the Kenny Rogers and the Dolly Partons, mm-hmm. but you know, they wouldn't allow me to play that in my cabin at camp. Those girls were not into country. Oh, it wasn't like the cool thing. Yeah, no. But I always love country. I saw, mm-hmm. I've seen Kenny Rogers in concerts many times. Him and Dolly really? Parton. Oh yeah, man. And I love going to Nashville. You've seen Dolly and Kenny. On I saw stage them together. together. Wow. In Louisville. Yeah, long time ago. Oh my gosh. That's like that you, was before Kenny had his plastic surgery and he looked like Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he had I haven't seen him with his plastic surgery. Did, did things change? Ooh, not, not good. Not too good. No, <laughs> not All too right. good. All right, let's dive into the next song. Sword of Democles. This is when they meet the creature. And the reason we're not really diving into the whole story about Rocky Horror, you just got to see it for yourself. Yeah, it's too you hard do. To explain. Um, and they meet the the blonde haired monster that that Doctor Frankenfurter had uh, had created, and this is where they meet him, and he's just lifting weights and <laughs> showing how muscular he is. Um, so you, you're talking about how you are really into country music, though. Yeah, I do like country music now. Is, is there a certain country artist that you've been listening to more that's like from the last ten years or so? Well, um, I I mean. I like it all, but I do like, I like, you know, I like Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. I like, um, there's these two new guys and I can never remember the name. Somebody and Shay, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, Shay and, oh, Ty and Shay, is that it? No, no. No. Shay and Steve? Something. I don't know. I can't remember their names. I'm sorry. But, um. Dan and Shay. Dan and Shay. I love them. I love Dan and Shay. (laughs) Um, you know, I love Keith Urban. I love, um. You know, the basis of law, of almost all music, and I know I'll probably get some letters on this, but it is country and blues. Country and blues. Good dates back to everything. I love the Zach Brown band, too. Oh, give me Chicken Fried, favorite, one of my favorites. Holy smokes, that's a good song. Yeah, it's a, such a good song. Like anything that gets gets your toe tapping. Yeah, and, and if you don't tap your toe in that song, you're dead. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> who are these people that aren't tapping their toe? I don't get it. And the thing is, I stayed away from country music for a long time in my life, and, and recently I've been getting really into it, too. I thought I was going to be a punk rock guy through and through for my all my days. I'm like, screw that country music. I don't need any of it. Um, but now just learning... And seeing how great of guitar players most of these uh, guitar uh, musicians are, uh, these country musicians are, it's just phenomenal to see the amount of expertise that goes into these solos. It's unbelievable. Well, Mm -hmm. and a couple years ago, we went to Nashville and we went to the um, Grand Old Opry, and Mm -hmm. you just don't know who's going to perform when you're there. The night we were there, Charlie Daniels was performing. They sang Devil Went Down to Georgia. He did his whole fiddle thing. I mean, the guy's... Almost 80, over 80 years old. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, he brought down the house. It was incredible. One of the greatest, greatest music nights of my life. Jeez. Yeah. You got to see Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. It was really amazing. You know, I interviewed Charlie Daniels uh, two years ago uh, over the phone, and he mentioned the fact that he loved WGN because he used to have a really good connection with Steve and Johnny. Oh. You remember those guys? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I mean... One of the biggest country legends of all time, and then yeah. it's tied to WGN, and you got to see him. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe you got to see Dolly Parton. Oh yeah, she was amazing. She, she's my like white whale at, at the moment, my blonde whale. Yeah, I love Dolly. Oh. Plus, just beyond talent, she just seems like a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Oh she my gosh. Like a, just, yeah, yeah. She just she she just could be a real sweet. diva, and she's not. Yeah, I mean, maybe she is, but she doesn't appear that way to me. Mm-mm. And she's supposed to be really tiny. I went to. Uh, oh yeah, really little. She is. Well, not so little on top, but oh. little waist. 
<laughs> she tips over at times. Yeah, I saw her. I saw her costumes at uh, the the Grammy Museum um, when I went to Los Angeles, and just seeing, I, I I didn't know she was that small, and she looks like an hourglass. Yeah, she I mean, does. Basically. And speaking of costumes, mm-hmm. I just saw Casey Musgraves, who is another new country music star that yeah. I really like, and they just were saying that if if anybody's going to Nashville anytime soon, there's going to be a Casey Musgraves exhibit at the Country Music. Hall of it's the Country Music Museum or yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Downtown, downtown Nashville. If you've never been, it's great. You know, this is funny. I'm going to Nashville next week. You need to go. I will be there. And I'll also there. go to the Johnny Cash Museum, which is fantastic. Is that downtown too? It's uh, yeah. It's oh, in the same area. Jeez, the Nashville is so Nashville and Chicago are the two great. Nashville's music fantastic. I just loved it. Hey, did you uh, did you spend more than just a, a vacation there ever? Did you ever live there? No. Well, actually, I was born in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is close to Nashville. Oh, okay. So my parents would go to Nashville because it's only about 45 minutes away, but mm-hmm. I was little. I don't remember going there. Yeah, yeah. But apparently I liked it when I was two. <laughs> well, that's where you got your country <laughs> there roots, you go. right? That's right. Let's dive into the next song, Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul. This is, oh, this is... Is this when Meat Love comes in? I think so. Oh, come on. I love Meat Love, too. Me, too. Yes, this Here is. Here he is. Hop a two-day, bless my soul. Like, the amount of wind that goes into every lyric that he sings is just incredible. I just got to look at him real quick. Oh, yeah. Look how young he was. Wow. Wow. So, you talked about growing up um, in Kentucky. Um, man, what a voice. He kind of looks like Steve Dahl with that hat on. A little bit. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Kentucky with uh, with your mom and your dad. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have a brother and a sister. What are their names? Lyle and Hillary. Lyle and Hillary. Oh, your brother's name is Lyle My Gordon? My brother's name is Lyle Gordon. Talk about a sweet country name. Yeah, Lyle <laughs> Gordon. So when you were growing up, what was that first album that your brother or your mom or dad put on? And you're like, wow, this, is, this music thing's pretty neat. Oh, wow. Well, my it was probably my grandfather, actually, because he loved to play music for us, and he loved to sing and play Frank Sinatra for us. Oh, yeah. He grew up, I mean, obviously he lived in Kentucky, but he grew up in New Jersey, so he was a Frank kind of a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. So is that was that probably the first music that you? Grew That's up kind of to? what I remember. Like, if I would say my family introduced me to, it mm-hmm. would probably be Frank Sinatra. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's pretty fitting. I mean, he's one of the greatest singers of all time. Oh yeah. If you're growing up in New, New Jersey. You know, he was a Jersey boy, so he he loved it, and he really sang more music to us than my parents. My parents weren't that into music, but my grandfather loved music. So your parents weren't into music, but why'd they send you to that yeah, theater camp? Well, it was more, it was, it wasn't just a theater camp. It okay. was an you everything camp, okay. just summer camp, but theater was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But but th- did your parents kind of know that you had a creative soul like from the beginning? Oh yeah, they they knew that I, and my mom is very creative mm-hmm. and an excellent writer. So I feel like I get some of my traits, um, wow. the news business from her and both of my parents are our teachers, so oh, they are. Yeah, so we had to learn to, you know, dot our eyes, finish our sentence with a period, you know, double space, comma, where it all goes. You know, <laughs> when your parents are teachers, it's got to be right. I that's that's a very very good quality of your parents. I remember when I would bring my parents math problems, they'd be like, "All oh. right, uh, two minus uh, what? Somebody's calling me in the kitchen." Yeah, well, math, no. My mom was a reading specialist, and mm-hmm. my dad's a history teacher. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, math not our strong suit. Not not the strong suit. Yeah. Um. So then, where do they like? Where do they live? 
They live in Kentucky. Oh, they still live in Kentucky? They do, yes. And my sister actually lives in Israel, and my brother lives here in the North Shore. Wow. Yeah. And my grandmother, Mimi, who's Mm -hmm. almost 93, still lives in Louisville. Mimi still, oh my God. So do they live in like the hills, like in the woods? No, they live in the city, Louisville. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty Louisville's a great city. It's a nice, medium-sized city. It's beautiful. I've never been. It's Uh, good. A lot of good, well, obviously, if you like bourbon, it's the place to go, horse racing, and um, great bluegrass music in Kentucky. Uh, See, that's, uh, that's more I could like go and retire, I suppose. Oh yeah, you would love it. Oh yeah, this is where uh, he also kills Meatloaf in the end of this song. Poor <laughs> it's Meatloaf. a quick scene. <laughs> <laughs> he's in, he's out. <laughs> in and out. Um, well, I, I love that. I love the fact that you, uh, you know, you got to grow up with with such great music and such a different, diverse, uh, like family life, and then you know, come to be the newsmaker. So, what does your sister do in Israel? My sister works for a. Um, insurance company but she does all of their english writing and social media posts oh my gosh yeah man that'd be so, so much fun to even learn. though she lives in israel she speaks english all day every day at work does she <laughs> does she listen to rocky horror and Elton oh yeah John she loved stuff? she loved rocky horror yeah she really liked rocky horror what about lyle i don't remember so much if you like rocky horror <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so the other thing about this, just diving back into the film now um, and, and the play uh, soundtrack, there's a lot of things that Rocky Horror covers. Uh, it's a lot of sexual undertones. And um, I mean, it was the 70s. It was freewheeling coming out of the 60s. This is a very open um, musical. And that dives into the next song. Touch it, touch it, touch me. This was one of my favorites. <laughs> this is like a this is like a tongue-in-cheek version of the Grease version yes. of um, what is it? What's that song called? Wait, when they were in the bedroom and it's like, oh, you know, I'm just a I don't drink or smoke. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't swear. I don't wrap my hair. Oh, my gosh. What is it? Um, <laughs> You're like, I didn't come here to be quizzed on my musical theater oh, knowledge. but I do know Grease, like mm-hmm. backwards and forwards. But this was one of our favorite, you know, the touch me. I want to be dirty. <laughs> What's well, great, great. People don't want to hear us singing it. And then she's, oh yeah, that she's going with the monster. And, oh man, yeah. Janet, no. <laughs> this is when Kim sings, by the way. Touch me. I want to be dirty. Susan Sarandon. You know, it's funny because she has such a, a very, very interesting life that she's lived. She's been in so many great films, and now she's investing like ping pong. I know. <laughs> Have you different. ever been to is Spin is her place. Spin, yeah. yeah. I have been to Spin. It's really fun. I love it. It is fun. I've been there. Were you in the tournament that WGN had? Um, no, Bill I'm Leff? not a good. Oh, no, I would no. never play Bill Leff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's probably the best ping pong player, obviously, in this building. I'm I think. sure. Probably within blocks. Mm. So let's dive into, uh, how about a little bit of the 40 things you didn't know about the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Okay. We'll, we'll only go over like one or two. All right. Or three. Uh, so the, you know the film was shot in less than two months? This whole thing. No, but does it really surprise you? No, the dance moves <laughs> itself. I mean, we were, we were kind of going over that. Uh, the Most of the original stage cast actually appeared in the music version, uh, the movie version. Tim Curry, Richard O'Brien, Patrick Quinn, Nell Campbell all appeared in the original stage production and then went to star in the film. Interesting. Yeah, the um, the castle was, I guess, not very very friendly to to be filming in. It was wet, cold, miserable. Um, he said that it had no working toilets for the cast to use. Man, always wet, leaky roof. I mean, it was the, it was the seventies and it was a castle. It's probably their fault. Yeah. 
Uh, here's the coolest thing that I found about them. Mick Jagger actually wanted to play Frank uh, back in the day. Oh, that's interesting. The Rolling Stones singer was asked to play Dr. Frankenfurter in the film after seeing the stage production, but I think that Tim Curry was obviously the best choice for that, that role. I wonder what that would have done, though, for the whole thing had Mick Jagger been in it. <laughs> Do you think he would still have, like, the cool guy persona if he was... Well, I don't know. It just, you know, it would have put it more on the map much more quickly. Have you... Oh, yeah. But, oh, that's a good point. But then I don't know if it would reach cult status. I know that's what I was going to say. It Hmm. probably wouldn't have because maybe... It would already gone in and been, like, cool. So, like, the fact that it... Because he was already very famous at that point. Mm -hmm. Susan Sarandon wasn't. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she's in it now is cool. But, you know, if somebody said, oh, well, let's go see this Mick Jagger movie, it Mm would have been more about... A Mick Jagger movie than it would be the cult following Rocky Horror Picture Show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It would have been all about Mick. I think that you just found. But the, there are the big lips. Maybe that was you know the big lips. We're talking about like the the front of the album cover, the front of the movie poster. Those big famous lips with the with the white teeth. Yep. Uh, it, it, classic iconic image, which no doubt is the Rolling Stones logo too. Exactly. Hmm. There That's we interesting. go. Yeah, I think you touched on something really interesting, though, about the essence of cool and what makes things cool. The fact that Rocky Horror was able to reach an audience that didn't think of themselves as like the cool guys in school or the cool girls in, in whatever in school as well. Uh, and then they were able to connect with this and then grow it over time. And it became like a word of mouth thing rather right. than just getting. Well, and if you think about it, they were the people that were absolutely n- total opposite of cool the people mm-hmm. that felt like they didn't fit in and- yeah yeah and then you can see it in the cast there aren't like traditionally uh beautiful people in this in this play the the lead is a nerd i mean granted he's a really good looking nerd and and the um the the female lead is is like kind of like a a closeted virgin you know very cloistered a woman uh, granted very beautiful she's susan sarandon but then the jock guy is the dumb guy who can't even talk. Is the creature. Right, and then you have transvestites. And you have I transvestites. Mean, and the people who are dancing, you know, are, are off tune and out of out of sync and everything. It's cool to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that was, that's what people were so drawn to. You know, and I it. think looking back on it now, we, we can appreciate that, you know, everybody is somebody. And when you're in high school and, you know, you have all those... The the cool people, the nerds, mm-hmm. the ones that don't fit in, the geeks. I mean, it's just so sad that people get labeled because yeah, right? you can move on and you don't have to have that label. And if you, you know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> I know. What, 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 uh, let's have it in the next song, Once in a While. So what kind of a, what kind of group did you fit into in high school when you were back in the day? Oh, wow. What I lunch was, table did you sit at? I wasn't cool, mm-hmm. but I wasn't nerd. I was kind of in between. Mm-hmm. I could kind of go either way. But, you know, I, I was one of those people that just tried to be independent. Yeah, I could see that. So I didn't want to have a label on me. Mm-hmm. But I could float with either one. Did you play sports? I played not high school sports. I mean, I did, you know, work at worked out, did mm-hmm. big aerobics at the time. and mm-hmm. um, But I never, I played a little softball and basketball, but just recreational, not not high school. Okay, okay, see. And I play golf. But, oh, and you play golf, yes. Yeah. Because I remember in high school, it was weird, because if for some reason, if you were in a sport that just made you sporty and cool, no matter yes. if you were good or bad or in Right, between, you were on the just, team, you were cool. And then um, I remember thinking and knowing that in high school, and I'm like, well, I could be in sports, and I could be on the baseball team. And I loved the sports, and I played baseball throughout football, did track, 
Um, but I really gravitated towards the theater program, which I thought was just so much more fun because you'd go there and goof off with your friends and, uh, and uh, you build like better friendships there because you're like singing and you're, you're just letting down your guard a little bit more than you would be if you're playing football, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a good time. And the theater people all stuck together. They all did. Yeah. They all did. They stuck together. The the theater uh, parties afterwards were always legendary in every single school that you you get to. And it's the coolest thing is, no matter how good or bad you are, at the when you're doing the show, you were like the biggest star that there is on stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were cool. Yeah. It, no, I, I, I wasn't cool. I, mean, I need to get that out there. Right <laughs> you were cool for a week. <laughs> I was cool for a week. Um, yeah, so this next song, you know, now you can see how it's just kind of lacing in between. And much like any album, it takes you on a journey. I mean, the greatest songs of all time are all narratives. So it's seeing how Rocky Horror takes you on this journey, it's it's cool to uh, it's cool to like sit around and, and dive into this movie. Which, by the way, uh, budgeted for 1.4 million bucks, made 140.2 million bucks. Wow! Worldwide, still making money to this. It's still making money to this day. That's Can you think of another movie that people go and see at midnight? No. Like every single year? No. But you know. On the lines of Rocky Horror, I still want to do um, Sound of Music sing-along. I haven't yet to do that. <laughs> that would be a blast, too. The Sound of Music? Oh, yeah. They have a sing-along. Really? People come dressed just like Rocky Horror, but they come dressed in, you know, Sound of Music clothes. In, like, European, like, gulags yeah. and schlocks and Yeah, stuff. And, you know. Shorts um, and... Yeah, all that stuff. Overalls? Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Lederhosen? Is, is, what, what is your favorite, um, favorite theater... Musical? Musical. Oh, Sound of Music. Hands sound down. of Music? I love it. My grandpa loved that musical, Love too. it, love it, love it. I'm still trying to get Wendy to see it. She won't. Oh. She's not a Julie Andrews fan, which I'm a big Julie Andrews fan. Not a Julie Andrews fan? Yeah, she doesn't see Mary Poppins, Sound of Music. Oh, my We're gosh. working on her. Yeah, you got to get on that. She, one of the greatest singers of all time. and then Oh, yeah. And then she lost her voice lost after her having voice. surgery. Isn't that incredible how like yeah. life is like that? You know, you could have the most beautiful voice, and then one day you're just like, it's it's gone. That's right. Don't That's take wild. it for granted. Uh, Rose tints my world. We're diving back into it. Say that I remember this one. Oh, this is when is this when the Rocky Horror's uh, female counterpart sings to him? Or no? Oh no, this is when Rocky's diving into some stuff. You know what? This is this is funny because I dove into this thinking I knew a lot about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I'm finding more and more that I need to rewatch. We this need movie. to rewatch it for sure. We need to re. Well, we need to get a we need to get a midnight showing, and we just need to go show up and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing too about Rocky Horror is when you go to a midnight show, you're so entrenched. Well, not entrenched. You're so excited about watching all the people participating mm-hmm. that you kind of don't watch the movie. Yeah. You know, because everything, there's so much going on around you, mm-hmm. you know, so. It's it, it's just so, because it, that goes back to the fanfare, like being around people that are like into the same stuff you are. Right. It's it's a blast. And uh, it's cool to like, to dive into that kind of stuff and live in a city like Chicago, that where you can go out and do it like any, any, any random day. I mean, right. We have the most random stuff here in Chicago. Yes, we some, do. Sometimes. Um, all right. So you're in camp. You're sitting around listening listening to this uh, to this CD. You're you're hanging out with your friends. I guess like what did you what you do like for fun back in the day? Oh, Michael, we had some serious jacks tournaments going on to Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> jacks? Oh yeah, we What's played jacks? jacks. You've never played jacks? Is that when you like bounce the ball? Ball and catch the jacks? Really? Oh yeah, I'm showing my age. <laughs> no, 
That's Jax was awesome. <laughs> Go on about this mysterious uh, Jax. Oh, I was good at that. That the legend foretells. So the thing is, is that when you're at camp, you're playing on a cabin floor, so it's a wood floor, so you have to put baby powder down so that your hand would swipe smoothly over the wood floor without getting splinters in it. Oh, yeah, safety first. Yes. Okay, so you... you... So we would have long jacks tournaments. How long does the game last? Oh, I haven't played in years, but it just depended on how long, you know, you would pick up one, then you pick up two, then you pick up three, then you pick up four, and if oh, pe- that's... you keep going till okay. people miss, and, you know, we got really good over an eight-week period, so... Jax was big. You know, you would write letters home to your family when we were playing music. Because usually the music was either when you're getting dressed in the morning, when Mm -hmm. you have a cleanup, Mm -hmm. you know, or like rest time when you're just kind of hanging out. Because the rest of the time you're busy, you have activities. You're going to, you know, sports. You're going to theater. You're going to dinner. You're going to lunch. You're Mm -hmm. going to breakfast. You're going to different things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they had some downtime. Okay. Let's go back to Jax the real quick. All right. <laughs> so, so you're sitting. I only in the like cabin. to play with metal jacks. I did not like plastic jacks. Just oh, the, putting that out there. Well, obviously they need weight to them, right? Right, a little bit. I didn't like the plastic ones. <laughs> so you, so you would go. Is it one v one? Are we talking like? Oh uh, no, there you could groups? play in a round. You, it just you could play one. You could play two. You could play up to you know however many you wanted. Yeah, just takes longer when you have a lot of people playing. Okay, and how long was was this camp? You said it was eight weeks? Eight weeks. Holy sm- By the way, that's a long time for somebody to go away for, to camp. A lot of kids go away, especially like North Shore kids, go away for eight weeks. I used to tell my parents that, can I just come home for eight weeks and visit you and I'll go to camp for the rest of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that wasn't happening, but I love camp. Yeah, it's it's a blast. I think... So our camp experiences were a little different. So I went to theater camp in, at Northern Illinois uh, University, but mine was just a week. And I thought that was a long time. Yeah. Like I was, I, I remember calling my mom and my dad. You're talking about writing letters home. And I did write a letter home and I called my mom and dad and I'm like, hey, how's it going? This is Mike. Uh, and they're like, hey, we, sorry, Mike, we were watching the game. We can't really talk. And I'm like, don't you guys miss me? And they're like, it's been three days, man. Like, this is our break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we, my parents used to come and visit me because they had visitors day like halfway halfway through so Mm -hmm. my parents would always come up and you know all the parents would bring all the kids all the junk food they wanted and you know hang out and meet everybody else's parents oh see that's so nice did you like have a stash of like junk food oh yeah well we weren't supposed to but everybody did oh nice what was your go-to snack back then uh well we get fudge from this place in eagle river called tremblies and everybody always got somehow was able to work contraband fudge because you weren't really supposed to have it in the cabin because of you know obviously mice and bugs Bugs but everybody had their little stash of tremblies and you know licorice jolly ranchers this is in wisconsin correct in wisconsin and you went to eagle river to get this it was right by eagle river it's near eagle river so i i spent some time in eagle river before i had some my uncle lived there for a little bit tremblies fudge you never went to tremblies i know i never went to tremblies uh it's funny though because still there now i see the area in my head of where you stayed, it is it is quite the wooded. It's beautiful, desolate area. Not it's desolate, beautiful. but it's a wooded Wisconsin. Right. Area. Yes, 
It's set back in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. The the lake is the, I mean, Eagle River is right there. Yeah. Uh, and we took a boat on Eagle River one day. And I was like 12 years old with my mom and my dad, or with my dad and my brother. And we took the boat out with my uncle. Anyway, the boat breaks down in the middle of Eagle River. We hadn't eaten all day. Oh, my goodness. We needed to paddle the- back. Me, my uncle, my dad, and my brother. Did the was, Coast Guard come get you? There was no Coast Guard. Oh, wow. The motor breaks down. We we like, we like just troll all the way through. Oh, so the, it was a through. small lake. It was a small, yeah, it was a small lake. Well, I mean, no, it was it was big. It took us like an hour and a half to get oh, back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I remember it being so cold because the water was just splashing on our face because it was like a, it was, it looked like the perfect storm with that George Clooney movie. And by the time we got back, I remember my dad never, ever let us get McDonald's, ever. But then once we got back and we were all so cold and hungry, and he's like, pig out, guys. You can get whatever you want. Get whatever you want. And we got two double cheeseburgers. Like, as a young kid, that was like the most It was probably food. the worst <laughs> day of your life. But now looking back on it, wasn't it so great? It was great. It's a good childhood memory. But you know? when, but Thank when, God everybody's okay. And, you know, you were back and you were safe. And now it's like a cool memory. <laughs> But every time somebody mentions Eagle River, I get this chill down my spine and start <laughs> craving hamburgers. All right, let's dive into the next I don't song. even think there is a McDonald's in Eagle River. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably to go a little bit out of town. Probably Rhinelander is the closest. Mmm, burgers. Uh, so speaking about going home, the next song, I'm Going Home, which Rocky Horror <laughs> takes a little spin at the end of the movie. We find out that Rocky's an alien. Or something. Something or I don't even remember. I know there's a spaceship and it was not a human. Come down to, yeah. It wasn't a human. Um, which I think, you know, it was now we see it as a cop out when movies do that, but back then it was probably like, wow, that yeah. is great writing. Yeah. <laughs> that is excellent, excellent writing. Um, so you're you're trying to I know that you're a very creative person. Um, what do you, what kind of stuff do you do to, to stay creative on your toes? Do you go to see movies? Do you still go and see those shows? You know, what's life like outside of the newsroom with Kim Gordon? Uh, well, I do love to play golf. I love mm-hmm. being outside. I love to exercise. I mm-hmm. love to walk. I, I'll walk miles and miles and miles. Um, I love to ski. I'm outdoorsy. Ski. Yeah, okay. I'm outdoorsy. Um, you know, but I love going to Broadway shows. We have a subscription for Broadway in Chicago. Oh, nice. So I do that. I like to go. I sometimes go to um, the shows at Northlight Theater in Skokie. Those are great. Mm. Um, see Shout movies when I can. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's hard when you work till 7 o'clock to go to movies during the week or something. But That's right. That's right. You can listen to Kim. Yeah. Is it 3 to 7? 3 to 7. 3 to 7 every day. What, uh, when you see theater uh, today, what's one kind of show that you're like, I need to go and see that show? I'm dying to see the Elton John movie. I've not seen that. Oh, and I'm yeah. also dying to see Yesterday about the Beatles music. Oh, you know, I, I love that in every way, shape, and form. Because uh, that Yesterday movie, and I'm not giving too much away here, but... It's like a perfect feel-good movie. It, you're not asking for too much. All I wanted was just to see. A Don't happy you think movie. that's going to turn into a Broadway show? I feel like Ooh. it's got the makings of it. I haven't seen That'd it yet, but just all that Beatles music. Oh yeah, perfect. Have you seen Love in Las Vegas? Yeah. No. Oh, that you would love that one too. Like, no pun intended. I'm a real rom-com kind of girl. Rom-com. Oh yeah, I love them. <laughs> what's I love like? Them. What's your favorite movie? Is it oh, rom-com based? Yeah, Notting Hill. Notting Hill. That's, Love Notting Hill. That is like the antithesis of the of the rom com. Yeah, well, it's a great. I don't know. I love Notting Hill. Is that Hugh? Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy from the nineties. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Yes. Yes. 
I was thinking Hugh Laurie for something. I mean, I love, you know, I love Pretty Woman. I love Julie Roberts. And I love, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, obviously, I love serious movies and going to heavy movies, too. But just, if I want to just turn something on just to, like, escape and just think about nothing and have fun, mm -hmm. I'll get a rom-com. <laughs> I love it. Let's go go into the next song, Superheroes. Uh, there's a lot of superhero movies out there. Lots. You know, you mentioned which I'm not really into. I no, have to say. that's the one movie that I can't really connect with because it's it takes so much time and they're just I don't know. I just I think I'm too old for to see them nowadays. Um, but you did mention that you really wanted to see the Elton John movie. Yes. They're coming out with all these rock biopic movies yes. now. Elton John, there's going to be, there's a... I didn't see the Freddie Mercury Fre Queen that's movie. That's Bohemian I Rhapsody. I haven't seen that. You haven't? No. But I heard it's great. Yeah, it's like... It's like it a, just wasn't my type of genre and movie, so I don't know that much about him, which I, you know, I've seen Elton John in concert several mm -hmm. times, and so, mm -hmm. and I just love his music, and... Yeah, he's amazing, and that movie was really good. And Taron uh, Eggert, Taron Eggert? Whoever the guy is who plays him, I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, I don't know his name. But he's an amazing actor. He was in The Kingsman. He does a great job as Elton John. And you wouldn't think he would. He did the teeth thing. He kind of looked like him. Uh, gained a couple pounds. Um, I love Elton John, too, by yeah. the way. I've seen him a few times with Billy Joel. Me, too. Oh, you Did you go to the Wrigley show? Uh, this I saw him before that. I okay. saw him in Louisville with Elton John and Billy Joel together. Man, what a great show. I know, but I have seen Billy Joel at Wrigley. Oh, See, that's, it's it's so awesome to see. Actually, I've seen really. him there twice. Wow, now you're bragging. Yeah, I am. Sorry. <laughs> Humble brag. I'm just joking. Yeah, because it, he's one of the greatest performers of all time. I mean, yeah. hit after hit after hit. Um, but we were but we were talking about, like, the biopic movies. Uh, what do you think about those? Do you think, is it a good thing that we're I love these? it. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love learning things about other people and mm -hmm. seeing the way, you know, how somebody what their backstory is. Yeah. You know, that's the thing about news is like you just love getting backstories and yeah. figuring out how things came to be and what mm -hmm. happened. And I think that's why I like those kind of movies so much. What was your, like you've done so many news stories, thousands and thousands. Oh my uh, gosh. What was like your like one shining piece like that you're really proud of, the work that mm, you did? Oh my goodness. Um... Well, I think I have to go back to when I worked in Louisville and my coverage of 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, that's just the day it's still, I just still get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, Were you in the newsroom during that time? I was in the newsroom, actually. All right, humble brag. Um, we used to do these teases before we would do our newscast and say what was coming up. Mm -hmm. And so... The Smithsonian put together a documentary about 9-11 and how life was normal. And then all of a sudden, life changed forever. Mm -hmm. And so my news tease is in that Smithsonian documentary showing wow. how, like, everybody's life was just going on as normal. And then 10 minutes later, the world turned upside down. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. So your voice is in the Smithsonian. It is. It's so cool. I never it's, and I awesome. didn't even know a thing about it. A mm -hmm. friend of mine who I used to work with must have been watching the documentary and said, you know, you need to see this. You're in this documentary, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool, man. Yeah. That but, is so incredible. But going back to 9-11, I think the thing for me, journalistically, that mm -hmm. was amazing was 
I was sent to the Louisville airport and they were landing planes there and people getting off the planes had no idea what had happened or Mm -hmm. what was going on. And they were asking us what had happened because they didn't know. And I met this man and this is like one of those stories. I always talk about it all the time because it's one of those unsolved mysteries of Mm -hmm. my news career. This man had gotten off a plane. I think he was coming from Florida or somewhere and they landed in Louisville, but his his brother-in-law worked at Cantor Fitzgerald. And I don't know if you remember, but that was the investment firm that lot that lost lots and lots of employees oh. in the in the tower. Okay. And he was trying to get a hold of his brother-in-law and couldn't. So to this day, I don't know if this man's brother-in-law survived or or didn't. I don't know. Wow. And it's one of those things that just always kind of haunts me. Like what what happened? I mean, you know, because I was able to actually have a personal touch on that, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and I just I'd like to know the end of the story. And I'm hoping it's a happy ending, but I don't know. Yeah, man. Well, let's 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 hope that is it is a happy. Let's hope it is. But you know what? It's it's such an important role that you play in people's lives. And now you see that that it legitimately affects people's lives. It was that you say it was crazy. And then and then I just saw the out. From from the airport, then, you know, people didn't know the severity of the situation or mm-hmm. that there were so many people who had passed away. And they sent me to a blood bank because people were just lining up by the hundreds to give blood. Wow. And you just saw I, that day I saw absolute the worst in humanity and the best in humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's just something I'll never forget. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing I really admire about you. And I think that I could anyone who works here at WGN would say the same thing. The fact that you put a lot of uh, patience and professionalism into your journalism. Uh, well, I we mean, try. And we yeah. try to be fair. You know, we try to be accurate. We yeah. try to do it all right. Yeah. And listeners sometimes text in and say differently, but <laughs> I know, you know, you're never going to please everybody. We know that, but mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to do the best we can. So what kind of, what goes through your head when you're like looking at a news story and you see all this, like this river of news that, that kind of, you say, okay, this is a story that needs to be investigated a little bit more or is spoken on air. Um, well, you know, my, my thinking about that has actually changed recently. We just had a all station, um, meeting, mm-hmm. And our boss, Todd Manley, said, when you're thinking about doing news, think to yourself, am I making Chicago smarter? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what runs through my head now. Like, am I giving a story to people that's going to make them smarter about Chicago, be able to make better decisions on the place where they live? How is it going to affect them? I I think that's really important. But also, you know, people want to know, especially this day and age, you can get news so quickly. So it's important to get the news out so people know that we're on top of it and we're mm-hmm. covering things. But it's also important to be accurate and make sure that we have the facts right. Yeah. yeah. So we do really work hard on that. Mm-hmm. So wall-to-wall chance the snapper is what you're telling me. Absolutely, wall-to-wall chance the snapper. I That was my favorite story of the summer so far. It's been fantastic. It just, you know, it brought everybody together, and sometimes you just need that. Yeah, you do, you do. Like, it's funny how that kind of stuff just naturally just grows. Like, it's yeah. Chewbacca mom all over again. Yeah, like, oh, you love yeah. that. Yeah. It's it, and that's that's the great line that you you draw because uh, because when you were reporting so things that are so heavy I and mean, today we had 
said, I'm dating the podcast a little bit, but the Mueller report, right? Um, yeah, just and the testimony today, and then being like, all right, so what else can we add that isn't you know the same stuff that you've heard over and over again, right? Um, what is it when you're diving into these news stories? What's the uh, is is there well, like one news story that um, I think you spoke about this with Andrea, but like that that kind of just got away from you when you're just like the people aren't talking or I just I can't dive into it anymore. It's already been you know kind of cracked. That you would have loved to, you know, really just sink your teeth into a little bit more. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. I don't know. I mean, you mean a story that I was trying to follow and couldn't get the interviews or couldn't get the. Yeah. Like if there was a story that like you, you would have loved to, you know, find out why this politician, you know, dropped out and then they didn't mm. they didn't do or something like along something along those lines i suppose well i think i did talk about that with andrea the tinley park murders oh yeah is also one of those that is just hanging out there for me because i was covering that that day and why haven't they caught that person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he murdered all those women in that store it wasn't just in a remote place where nobody saw anything mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i'm sure that you i mean Sometimes the news never stops. Uh, there, I'm sure that there's times when you're like, I, I wish I could just turn off my brain, but I got to see, you know, what's going on be- behind these stories and stuff like that. I kind of try to on the weekends. I keep abreast of what's going on, but mm-hmm. I kind of try to like take a little breath. And do you turn off your phone? Do you meditate? No, not that far. <laughs> I just don't check my email as much. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I still have Twitter giving me alerts. Are you kidding? Can't go that far. Not a cave woman. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, uh, no, no. Let's dive into the last song real quick. Uh, thanks again for joining us oh, on the podcast today. Oh, this is so today. fun. Thank you for having me. So this is just a little reprise of the science fiction double feature. Um, and we're going to dive into the last three questions that I ask on every podcast. Um, quickly, because I know you're short on time. I am. I got to go do my... Roll and get Write my newscast for Bill and Wendy for the for the stream. Oh shoot! Okay, yeah. Here we go. Uh, favorite go-to karaoke song from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Touch me. If you could sit down with any cast member, let's just say say the lead, like Tim Curry, what question would you ask him? I wanted to ask Susan Sarandon, "Why did you do this?" That's a great question. You know. All right, then, and then finally, have you ever tried to reach out? Do you have any contact with any of the actors or the songwriters of this? No, but if they want to call us, we'll figure out a new story for sure. <laughs> Kim, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Uh, where can we find your stuff? Gordon at WGNRadio.com, or um, I'm on Twitter at KG Frankenthal. And, and she's on Twitter all the time, by the yeah, way, I even am. on the weekends. Yes. Kim, thanks for joining us. Thank on you. One Dame, One Dude, and One Disc. There we go. Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Sound Sesh Pod, and check us out on Instagram at Sound Sessions WGN.